Hey, I am Scott. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I'm in recovery from sex addiction and compulsive overeating. Hey, Scott. hey glad you guys could be here. Uh, let me pray, and then we'll kind of uh, continue on with uh, the lesson for tonight on yes. Lord, thank you for your day. And uh, you throw, throw days at us like this, and uh, it happens, and you allow it to happen, and yet uh, when the chaos happens, we know that you're still in control. It's amidst that chaos that we're able to focus on you, and uh, may we be able to do that tonight. There may be chaos in our life right now. Outside of this room, our lives might be absolutely bonkers, and uh, so you help us for the next 30 minutes to be able to focus on you. Thank you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so here's the deal. Let me just tell you. Today has been a day. You guys ever have days like that? Like, it's just been a day. Like, there's no other way besides using curse words to describe what kind of day you had, right? But it's been a rough day. Lots of stuff. Technical issues. Computer shutdown. Malfunctioning. Um, all kind of stuff. Moments of panic. Moments of, oh, dude, we got to get this going on. Okay, how do we print up? Uh, 300 pages of worship sheets, all that kind of stuff. And what that tells me is somebody in this room has, needs to hear what's going to happen tonight. And I don't know if God's talked to you yet or not, but I, my guess is he's about to. And uh, it's not me, uh, believe me, um, but it may, may, God may have something in store for you tonight. And so I just want to uh, just let you guys know and invite you into this lesson. Um, you may be here for the first time. You may be here for the hundredth time, but if you're here for the first time or the hundredth time and you walked in and you've got your walls up and you've got everything guarded around your heart, I just encourage you, let it down. Let it down. Walk into these rooms, leave your guns outside, literally and figuratively. Leave your guns outside, walk into these rooms and be ready to hear what God may want to share with you today. And it may be what I want you, you to hear, and it may be something totally different. And that's totally cool. It depends what God wants to share with you today. So I'm going to start today by just getting into principle or step 12, which is basically the yes principle. Step 12 says this, having had a spiritual experience as a result of these steps, the, the 11 prior, we tried to carry this message to others and practice these principles in all our affairs. And um, I just want you guys to know that that's huge. How do we practice these things in everything? Some of you have been through a step study. Have you had a spiritual experience as a result of these steps? I hope so. I know I did. I went from um, knowing the word of God in my head into getting it into my heart. It was a huge step for me, huge step. And that's what we're gonna talk about tonight. So the verse I wanna to go to first is 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. And uh, this is what it says. For now, no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken to us to the glory of God. How many promises God has said yes to in your life? What is he promising you? And uh, you can go to the book of Romans and Romans 8. He talks about all the promises there. I encourage you, if you're struggling with hearing what those promises are, go to that passage of scripture in Romans 8 and take a look at all the promises God gives you. 
I'm going to take a little turn here. And basically, yes, this lesson is titled Yes, but it's also titled Stand in the Gap. Stand in the Gap. Are you willing to stand in the gap? Ezekiel chapter 22, great passage of scripture. I was reading it today as I was getting ready for tonight, and it is awesome. It starts off with all the sexual misconduct in the home. (laughs) It's great. It's like, yeah, this person and this person, and they're doing this thing inappropriately, and they're doing this thing inappropriate, and it is crazy the sin that was happening within those families. And God is sitting there telling Ezekiel, saying, listen, this is what's going on. You guys are not behaving appropriately. Then it says, then you guys are starting to make contracts for blood. You guys are starting to hurt each other, cause pain to each other. Then you're robbing, you're stealing, you're doing all these things. And he kind of goes through this list of I'm looking and this is what I'm seeing in your lives. And he comes to this in verse 30. I looked for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it. But I found no one. I was looking to see who I, who's going to build this wall with me, stand in the gap, but I found nobody. What does that mean to stand in the gap? Jesus stood in the gap for us. When he died on the cross, he stood in the gap between us and Jesus, or in God. That's what Jesus did for us. Who is it in your life that stood in the gap that told you, hey, dude, gal, for me, hey, Scott, you're a sex addict, you need help. I didn't like those words. I hated those words. Even worse yet, when somebody sat down and said, hey, Scott, you're fat. You need a group. And I went, whoa, I am husky. And I'm, what is happening? I could lose this any time. Right? Those are hard words to hear. But who is the person that stood up in your life and said, I'm standing in the gap. I'm going to help. In a kind way, in a nice way, not in a rude way. Who's that person? I've had a couple different people in my life that have been able to do that. I now have people I've invited into those areas of my life that do that much better. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But here's my challenge to you. Are you willing to stand in the gap? Because look at this. There's 200 in here tonight. The vid got the other hundred that usually are here. The Omnicron, the whatever it is, snagged everybody, and uh, they're out. But here's the deal, is we got 200 in here, and here, who is standing in the gap between us and here and those that are out there still shooting up, still in the bars drinking, still at the brothels, still getting the massage parlors, still having affairs, still at the all-you-can-eat buffet, and they've been there since lunch? <laughs> Right? Who are those people that are willing to stand up and say, I'm going to stand in the gap? I'm going to go talk to my brother, my sister, my person that struggles in the same area as me, and I'm willing to stand in the gap for them. Scott, when was the last time I talked to a sex addict that was just down and out? If you're an alcoholic, when was the last time you talked to an alcoholic? If you're a drug addict, when was the last time you talked to another drug addict? 
that isn't in the rooms already. I want to challenge you tonight that tonight you would say yes to doing that. That tonight you would be willing to share the message of what God has done in your life, the promises that you're starting to see happen in your life, that you would be able to help others. Because in Ezekiel chapter 22, when he founds nobody, he's basically talking, I'm going to pour down molten lava on these people and burn them and kill them. I'm not sure he's going to do that today. But here's the thing. That's what they have to look forward to. If they don't, hell is right around the corner. Are you willing to stand in the gap? See, that's an important question. One of the examples that I love to use is I love drinking soda. I, as a wrestling coach, I told all my wrestlers, no drinking soda during wrestling season. And then I went back to my office and I have this little mini cooler in my office. And I grabbed my Diet Coke and I'm all drinking it. And I'm like, but my admin just got all these for me. I got to finish this case, you know. And, uh, I, but I drank it. And then what happens? What do we do with that? Now, Modesto B just told us that we're going to start getting new trash cans in Modesto. We're going to have our compost and we're going to have whatever else it recycles and then we're going to have our lawn clipping stuff. You go to Starbucks and they've got the compost and they got the other one and I, don't, I get confused. I don't know where to throw my trash anymore. But the goal of the thought is we're going to take something that was used, no longer able to be good anymore, we're going to recycle it and make it anew for something different. And God has taken your life, the junk, unable to be used, to be able to be taken, molded, shaped into something that is positive and good that can help other people. Some of us don't believe that yet. Some of us are something brand spanking new, and we still think we're that used Starbucks cup. But you're not. So let me tell you, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do yes. And yes stands for this. It stands for yield myself to God. Am I the example to others? And uh, serve others. So here's, here's the yield myself to God. First of all, when we yield ourselves to God, we have to present everything we have to him. Everything. If you're still holding on to those little areas of your life, God may want more of that. That means your time. I hear that. I don't have time for that. I don't have time to go to a step study. I have a job. Oh, really? How was your life working out before? Not so good because you came in these rooms. I don't have time for these things. We have to give our time. Some of you are very talented. Some of you in this room are talented in ways that I could not imagine. Some of you are artists. Some of you guys can draw like none other. Some of you are computer whizzes. And what took me 12 hours to figure out today, you could have done in a nanosecond. And I was like, what button did you hit? I hit Control-Alt-Delete. Was that the right ones? I, no. And our treasure. We have to give our treasure. What are the things in your life that you treasure and you cherish so much that you're holding on to that are more than the importance of God. I challenge you to look at that, to yield those things in your life over to him. 
There was a time, like I love football and I enjoy football. There was a time that I was even more in love with football. Football was my life. I asked some kids or some people that I went to high school with. There were kids back then. And they were like, Scott, your whole identity was football. I go, I know. That was sad. Because after my senior year, last game, I was like, well, who am I? I guess I got one, like six months wearing my Letterman jacket and then I'm done. And that's it. Uh, you can't wear your Letterman jacket to college. I learned that one. That was awkward. But um, <laughs> what about our time and our talent and our treasure do we need to give to him? It's very much the, the analogy, and I, I think it's overused, but it's so fitting. It says this. If you had the cure to cancer, wouldn't you share that with everybody you know? I know I would. So if you have the solution to what may be hurting other people, would you not share that same solution with others? That drunk on the bar, bar stool down at O'Brien's right down here. Right? 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 says this, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, the worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Present yourself to God as one approved because you are. You may have had something, and there's a passage of scripture that talks about being disqualified, but you may have been disqualified at one point in time, but now that you are continuing to work your program and get better and get healthy, you are now approved that you are not ashamed and that you're able to handle the word of truth that comes with our time in steps 11, spending our, our time with him. I've heard this phrase many times, get usable and God will use you up. So many of us in this room want to be used by God. I want to be used by God. I want to be used by God. But we're not usable yet. So get usable and God will use you up. God will use you, use your story to show how amazing he is. I never thought I would stand on a pulpit, at a pulpit and say that I was a sex addict. And yet God took the, the thing that I was most ashamed of in my life that I hid from everybody to share with hundreds of people. That's crazy to me. Galatians chapter six, verses one through three says this. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfilling the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Hmm, Interesting. Guys, it is our responsibility when we see our brothers, our sisters that are caught in a transgression, they're caught in sin, that we are to go and help them. But we gotta be careful when we do that. And our attitude when we go to them and we talk to them needs to be one of humility. Or we also may fall. I watched this weekend wrestlers for two days as they would pin somebody and they'd get off the mat. And we got one guy on our team that walks like McGregor after he wins. He's like, yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? Stop it. Stop doing that. Like, it just drives me insane. But we got guys that wrestle and they think they got it. And they all of a sudden, they're out there. And then they better watch out because I saw it happen. There was one guy was winning up six to nothing. And he gets a tripod. He's standing up like this, puts his head near his knee. Another guy gets a cradle, rocks him back. Pin, match over, sorry you were winning, but now go back to your corner and cry. 
That's what happens in our life. We think we're doing good. I got 30 days. I got 60 days. I got 90 days. Nothing can touch me. I'm never taking another drink. This is awesome. The next thing we know, something happens and we're back to the bottle. Something happens, we're back to porn. Something happens, we're back to the buffet. Something happens, we're back to worrying about the people we love and we are trying to control them. Time and time again. We have to do that lest we um, fall. But I love that last verse, verse three. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. So go at that humbly. Why? Because we need that first timer. If you're here for the first time, we need you. I need you. Because I need to remind myself and remember what it was like walking through that door for the first time. Otherwise, I'm going to think too good of myself. I'm going to be too big for my britches. And I need you. The next thing is this. We need to be examples. Go to that next slide. There we go. Every, oh, wow, that was a different one than I thought it was. Sorry, mine says something. Every promise is yes. That was way different than mine. Example, we need to be examples. We're going with mine. Sorry, that was one of our technical issues today. Every, we need to be good examples. How does your example match up? I mean, does your walk match your talk? It's interesting that the culture today, people are leaving church. They're getting up and they're walking out. We're missing a group of people from the age of parents bringing him to the old people who this is what they do. And we're missing a huge demographic and I think it has to do with the fact that when they look at people on stage preaching, they can't relate to them and they don't understand them. And they go, your, your walk doesn't match your talk. What you're saying up there doesn't match who you are and what we know who you are. See, James chapter one, verse 22, there's gonna be one verse up there and then I'm gonna read a few more after that. It says this, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. I read this a couple weeks ago, but it was such a powerful passage of scripture. Don't just be mere hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. Apply what we're hearing and apply what we're learning in these rooms to your life. It's not just a Tuesday night thing. It needs to be an all-day Tuesday thing. It needs to be a Wednesday thing, a Thursday thing, a Friday thing, a Saturday thing, a Sunday thing, a Monday thing. Scott, do I ever get a break from recovery? No. (laughs) Because it's called the sanctification process, and it's our job to continue to become more and more like Jesus Christ every single day. We don't get a break. Whether you continue to come to recovery or not, we still have to continue to work our program and work our relationship with him. Does your lifestyle represent what you believe? This is a tough one. Does your lifestyle represent what you actually believe? Are you still doing what you were doing before, but on Tuesday night it changes? 
The last one of this, let's see if this is the same. Survey says S is what? Serve others. Yes, I got it right. Oh, man. I felt like we were in the family feud there. It was great. Serve, to serve others. We're called to serve. Our yes is this, is that not only are we yielding myself to God and being an example, but we're also serving others. John chapter 13, verses 14 and 15 say this. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. You know, if you're new to to church, you haven't really read much of the Bible, you're going, what? (laughs) Washing feet? You just lost me on that one, Scott. I know. There's a moment in time where Jesus is about to go and die on the cross. And he has a disciple that come in the room and somebody didn't wash their feet and all that kind of stuff. And there's a moment in time where Jesus gets a water basin and he serves his disciples by bending over and washing their feet because they had sandals back then and they were dirty and nasty. And so just like my wife won't let me wear shoes in our, on our new carpet, that's what happened. You have to wash your feet. So he washed their feet and he said, hey, you go and do likewise. You go and do likewise. You go and wash other people's feet. You go and serve others and love others. That's what we're called to do. So there's, in the why, there's two parts, right, of the yes. The why comes down like this. Y-M-C-A, right? All that good stuff. The why is this. We can continue to serve in recovery, and I'm going to share some of those ways, or you can serve outside of recovery, and that's okay. That's not shared a whole lot. If you choose to serve outside of recovery, I encourage you, still stay plugged in to the family here at CR, the family of CR at your church, wherever you go, stay plugged in, attending Tuesday nights. Just go and continue to share what you've learned here and the principle you've learned here in that ministry. So if you're going to men's ministry, women's ministry, you're still going, but you're still talking to those men and women who are hurting, who are struggling with the same things you've struggled with. It's just not on a Tuesday night, and that's okay. But now let me get to what happens on a, on a Tuesday night where you can serve, because I'm asking that you guys serve. Because you can't keep it unless you give it away. Let me say that again. You can't keep what God has taught you, all those lessons, the trials, everything that's gone on, unless you give it away, unless you tell other people and you walk other people through their hurt and pain. We don't retain it as much. When I cook, I just cook. When I have to sit and tell my kids how to do something, I remember, oh, I forgot this step. Oops. Yeah, I probably should do that. Same thing with our recovery. Places that you guys can serve are these. And there's this, there's this slide right here. You can share an open share group. That's one of the first places you can share that you can serve. Go into open share group and share your experience, strength, and hope with other people. First place that you guys can can serve. Great place. Attend community meetings and and share. Going outside and sharing those things. We talked briefly about that. Be a sponsor or an accountability partner to somebody. Some of you are like, well, I've already gone through one-step study and maybe I should... I, maybe I'll go through another before I sponsor. No, if you've gone through a step study, you got a year clean and sober, start being a sponsor. 
Start sponsoring somebody. Start bringing somebody alongside you. One that's going to help you in your recovery, and two, it's going to help them. Get some accountability partners around you. Surround yourself with other people that will help you. Give your testimony. Yes. Yes. Sometimes I hear this thing of, hey, haven't I already heard that one? Yeah, because nobody else is writing their testimony. (laughs) Right? And I know there's some of you that have turned it in. Sorry, I'm a slow processor. But we're working on it. We're getting some new ones soon. We got a new one next week. Laura's going to share hers. It's going to be off the hook. It'll be great. Join the children or the youth team. Join Rock Solid Kids or The Landing. Start giving back. Start loving those kids. We need that. Join the greeting team. Be out there greeting people, writing name tags, smiling, saying hi, handing them a bulletin. It's great. It's all social. If you're a talker, that's where you should go. Just letting you know. Join the food team. Get here and prepare the food. Yes! By the way, I had a little bit of that rigatoni tonight off the hook. It was great. So that would be a great place for you to go serve. All right? We need that. I'm always recruiting people for those areas. I, I recruited a new griller that for this season when we go back outside. It'll be great. Join our prayer team. We used to have a prayer team. We don't anymore. We need that up and going again. You guys turn in your prayer requests. We need a team that can come alongside and pray over those things every week. Join our jail ministry. You know, invite somebody to CR. There's one guy by the name of Gary that would always be here and he always had somebody new. Invite somebody new. Serve other places in the church or community. There's some other areas. We got our Phineas team. We got our tech team. We've got our worship team. Yeah, tech team. They're the ones that just changed that slide in a matter of seconds. They were awesome. We've got our tech team that right now is putting me, beaming me as Rick Countryman would say, beaming me out there through the technology where people can watch and and learn. And we've got people that watch from all over the country. I got a podcast I'm still trying to get up and running and I need somebody basically to come alongside, hold my hand and walk me through it because I'm struggling to get it going. Maybe you're gifted in doing podcasts. Maybe you're the guy or the gal. I need help. We need help. We need help with our groups. When things are done, we've got a facility crew that comes through and has to change all this stuff that we do here back for a a Wednesday morning for school. So we need people to stack chairs, get them nice and organized, and dialed in. We have a dessert team. Maybe you don't like our Costco desserts that we buy. Awesome. Maybe you can make better desserts. Do it! (laughs) Just sorry, got a little excited. I'm a food addict. Um, That's what happens, right? We do have a guy that, that counts. And maybe you need a place to serve, and so we may need you to join him and help count. We've got a coffee team out there, Cafe Astoria. Yeah, yeah. We need our shots of coffee. We need the caffeine. Do it. Join the team. You know, they need at least four people in order to really make it run smooth, because one thing I know, us recovery people, we do like our caffeine. That's how it works. Find some place to serve. Are you willing to stand in the gap? Maybe you're a little intimidated by that. Maybe you're a little intimidated and you're like, that is too big of a spot for me. But I could do this. I could write a name tag. I could pray for somebody. I could go to Open Share Group. So I challenge you. Say yes, stand in that gap. 
Let's stand and close with the serenity prayer. And if you have a sponsor and they don't have you serving, get a new sponsor. (laughs) God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did, this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it. Trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. Amen.